You're listening to the Dynamic Faith Podcast with Sammy Lopez and John Groves. It's a show all about life, leadership, and the pursuit of holiness. Today, we're going to pick up right where we left off last week in our conversation about emotional energy, Sabbath versus sabbatical, and the need for both. And Pastor Sammy and I are excited about bringing you some fresh, new, and consistent content. Now that we've got all of our audio stuff figured out, which was not figured out at the time of this recording, but we're excited to bring you excellent quality and deep content. And we're just so appreciative that you're joining us on this journey. Here we go. So what are the big differences between the two and why are both of them so necessary? Why would sacrificing a sabbatical and a Sabbath rob you of emotional energy for years to come? Because it will. Absolutely, man. Here's here's what's sad. Because like David encouraged himself in the Lord. Yes. And that's the verse we yes. take out of context to say, well, I read my Bible. I'm going to church. So that's my Sabbath. And, you know, and I, I slept eight hours on Friday night. No. So that's my sabbatical. What is this and why is it hurting me that I don't get it? Yes. I, you know, one of the greatest downfalls that I can say in my ministry, um, which I'm sure maybe it can be in many, many of you that are listening, um, is I've always had the mindset of, um, I'll rest when I get to heaven. <laughs> I've always had that mindset, man. They'll ask, I remember people ask me, Pastor, do you take naps? No, 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 I'll rest when I get to heaven. I'll rest when I get to heaven. It sleeps right? for the week. It sleeps for the week. Um, until you turn 47, that changes. Um, but, you know, uh, I'll rest when I get to heaven. Um, or um, I don't sleep. I, there's things I have to do. Um, people always ask me, do you take naps? No, 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 there's things I have to do. Um, I did not understand Sabbath. I knew of Sabbath, like you said. It's I saw it as a religious thing. Uh, people just do that, you know, do it because it's the Lord said, you know, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And you kind of just say, well, we're under grace now, la la la. And but we forget something. I learned Sabbath when I was in Israel. Um, changed my whole life mm. when it comes to Sabbath. Why do you Sabbath? Why do you take that Friday and Saturday and just enjoy with your family? I didn't realize how much time I've wasted. Now, notice what I said. I said wasted. I'm not, talk, I'm not talking about time that I, I put in. I'm talking about time that I wasted with my family by putting it into the church. I wasted time. Now, listen to this. I wa- it's going to sound horrible. Uh, and men of God, if you don't like what I said, it's, it's, it's on you. But I wasted time away from my family to put into the church who don't even call me to this day. Hmm. I resigned and I'm done and I'm in San Antonio. I don't hear crickets, baby. But I, because at that moment, I felt that they were the most important thing in my life. So instead of spending time just turning the phone off, taking my wife and daughter out and doing things with them as a Sabbath, just resting with them, I wasted time. And my prayer has always been, Lord, will you be so gracious by just giving me my time back? That's Sabbath number one. Number two, when you're talking about sabbatical, you need a sabbatical, man of God. Um, uh, there's got to come a time in your life where you got to say, I got to take some time off, off. No church, no sermon prep, no business meetings, no finance meetings, no vision casting meetings. I'm talking about a time where you just get away from the church, from the ministry, and just focus on the Lord and your family and just recreate. Let God continue to reinvigorate you. If you're not doing that, man of God, let me tell you something, that's why you are where you are. Yes. I was just talking to a pastor last week, and he told me he was going to take a sabbatical. 
And I was really encouraging him and proud of him for doing that. And so I asked him how long he was going to be gone. And he said a week. And I said, bro, that's not a sabbatical. That's a vacation. Yeah. Now there's no spiritual backing for any sort of a timeline. I think that it was left that way on purpose because it fluctuates based upon your job. But if you serve in the ministry, you need to take a sabbatical because you're carrying physical and emotional and spiritual burdens of not just you and your family, but all these other people's. Let me challenge you to take two months because it's going to take you at least one month to get into sabbatical mode. Bro, It's going to be like withdrawals. Um, It's going to be like withdrawals, worrying about what's getting done and what's not and avoiding the phone calls and learning how not to be, you know, ulcer ridden when you get a text message that you're not allowed to respond to. (laughs) Yes, bro. I don't think we even know how to sabbatical. (laughs) We don't. The first time I ever sabbatical. Uh, and, and did a sabbatical. I said, I, I need some rest, but I'm going to go to every church I can. And this is how I did it, literally. I bought all these books and I visited every church in certain cities to go visit them and, and, and write down all the things I want to take from them and learn from them and bring it back to my church. It's not a sabbatical, bro. That's, that's a work trip. Right. That's a business trip. I didn't sabbatical one bit it was, and I did it for one month. The second time I sabbatical, I said, okay, Sammy, you got to learn how to, got to learn how to chill out. And second time I sabbatical, I, I said, okay, well, let me, so I, I, I still, again, because I'm a pastor, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I got to show up to church somewhere, and I still show up to church, but yet in the back of your mind, you're thinking about the sermon series, you're thinking about how, man, how they did their guest services, you're thinking how they did the parking lot, so you're still thinking, thinking, yep. thinking, until my third sabbatical, where I said, no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to chill out, it's going to be one, it's going to be two months of just enjoying my time with the Lord, with my family. Ask me if I went to church in, in, in two months. Did you go to church anywhere? No. No. I, I, I actually stayed home, and we did church together. And I got into the Word of my family. It was the greatest time of my life. Hmm. And it changed everything. And then now you're not thinking about the church. You're not thinking about anything else. You're thinking about your wife, your daughter. More importantly, you're thinking about your king, and he restoring your heart, your soul, your mind, your conscience, your subconscious, and allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal to you those things that do not please him. Yep. And let him clean you out. And let him take away all the misconceptions that we have of ministry. And let God do his work in you. He's got to fulfill his calling in you. But you, but he can't do it if you, if you don't allow him to do it. So there's got to be the mo- those moments of vulnerability. You have to be vulnerable. In that. Yeah. Well, by the providence of God, we're here speaking to you about this topic. But it's possible that if you weren't listening to this, no one would be honest enough with you to tell you that you need to chill. And you need to go away for a couple months. And you need to let the plates fall yeah. and let the fires burn and let let the Lord take care of his own bride. And the reason why no one's telling you that, the reason why no one's talking to you and mentioning this to you is because you don't have anybody that you're vulnerable with. Yeah, bro. And if, you're, if you don't have anybody that you're able to be vulnerable with, that really is a sign of something deeper. It means you don't have somebody to be accountable to. Well, I'm the pastor. I'm accountable to God. That's true. You will have to answer to God for your congregation one day that you are shepherding and nobody else will. The pastor has to stand before God. The the deacons don't, the trustees don't, the secretary doesn't, but you do. So that's a weight. While at the same time, we're not commissioned to do this by ourselves. And maybe it's because we don't have real friends. 
Maybe it's That's because a good word right there. Maybe it's because we don't have real friends. Because if you have a real friend, you know, I have real friends. I could call them and say, "Bro, I accidentally murdered somebody," <laughs> <laughs> and they would go, "Let's talk about that." Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. you know, I, I got you. Where's the body at? You know, <laughs> let me help you. <laughs> then, you then you got real friends that say, "Hey, man, I, I got a bag." Right. Right. <laughs> right. So, uh, no, you're exactly right. We have ministry friends. We have ministry friends that will put on a front that they need friends, but no one is willing to be the friend. They'll be a ministry friend. Yeah, brother, I'm here to I'm here to you know keep you accountable, bro. I love you, bro, but we're ministry friends. That's as far as we'll go. Mm. And and we'll and and to ease our conscience, we will say, no, that brother got my back. Well, no, he's a ministry friend. Yeah, but we need a David and a Jonathan friendship. You need men of God that are they are going to say, dude, yeah, dude, you're 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 going down the wrong way, or dude, I'm proud of you for what God's doing with you. But a friend that you're able to be vulnerable with is so important. Connections so important. are not friends. Nope. And connections do not equal accountability. Nope. I've got lots of great connections. Connections that I'll call on occasion. How are you doing? How's the wife and kids? You know, what, what's, what, how's life? For, what are you excited just about? about? You, you yeah, know, just, just you, praying, praying for you, you, yeah, you yeah, know, whatever. Yeah. That's a great connection. A friend is the one that you call and go, dude, how's your soul? Hey, I was looking at, you know, I've got, I've got some friends who I can call and they can call me and go, dude, was looking at your accountability report on your web browsing. Notice that you were scrolling Facebook at midnight. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. What's you know, happening? aren't you married? You know, yeah. Hey, I, I noticed that you were searching for this. You good, you know, and it's, it's deeper than just internet accountability. It's accountability for every level of life to say, how's the marriage? How's the parenting going? How's the ministry? What is driving you insane right now? Oh, and by the way, as your friend, you need to take some time away. And the reason why you might be hearing this for the first time from us is because you don't have real vulnerability with anybody, which means you don't have accountability with anybody. And if you're not vulnerable and you're not accountable, where does that lead? Oh, bro, it leads to ministerial failure. It does, every time. You, you will spiral out of, out, of, out of whack and you can mess up your marriage, mess up your ministry. Uh, this is why it's so important. Jesus taught us vulnerability, bro. I mean, he was the king of kings, lord of lords, as if he needed us. But yet he showed us what vulnerability looks like. Hmm. Uh, how he still gave up his life. How he still washed the feet of those that, were, that would betray him and deny him on the same day. Um, vulnerability uh, of loving someone and, and, and letting your heart be seen through you. Um, we need those men of God. We need vulnerability moments and accountability moments. If not that, we will find ourselves spiraling quicker than quick. Yep. And when you're spiraling, this is this is not just a flashing red light. This is the road <clears throat> to the flashing red lights. The yeah. road to emotional depletion yes. is studying to preach, but not studying to spend time with the Lord. Bro, biggest mistake. I, right. I am so, so thankful for one pastor in particular who asked me, what are you reading right now? Straight up, what are you reading right now? And I said, oh, I'm reading this book on leadership. And right now I'm preaching through this book of the Bible. And he goes, man, that's great. That's awesome. That's awesome. He's like, but I don't care about your sermons. And I don't care about your leadership. I care about you. I care about John the person, not John the pastor. What are you reading right now? And I said, well, man, I'm really just diving deep into the book that I'm preaching from. You know, I'm going line by line verse by verse, and I'm learning so much from it. He said, I'm glad you're learning 
That's let me ask church, you. Right? Let me ask you the question. <laughs> what are you reading right yeah, now? That's good. And I didn't have an answer. And I'm so thankful that he pointed me in the right direction. Because frankly, I'm a fourth generation preacher's kid, and I didn't know that studying to preach did not count as your devotions. That's right. I didn't know that. Like, and now I'm beginning to see the difference. You're 20 years down the road further than me. How has that played? you know, a part in your life. Man, very good. Because again, thank the Lord for men of God like that, that will challenge your walk with Christ. Because every single one of us have gone through that. I've gone through that. Where I will study more of what I'm preaching on, the series I'm preaching on, as opposed to my personal study. I've learned this from uh, from one of my uh, from one of my mentors, one of my brothers. He said, look, man, what you, your sermon series is for them. What you study is God preaching to you, mm-hmm. and 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 man, I, and He does. Yep. The Holy Spirit preaches to me; He speaks to me. And what's really cool is I found myself not only, um, like right now we're, we're in the Book of Philippians, but as a church. But I'm in First and Second Peter as a, as an individual, right? So I'm now finding sermons on First and Second Peter because I want it to preach to me. I want yep. it to hit me, and man. Don't listen to Vody Bakken. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and pray for Vody Bakken, by the way, his heart, man, and everything else. But man, Vody, strong on First and Second Peter. Mm. So there's some guys that, man, you need that man of God. You, you're not the only preacher, bro. We're not the only preacher. Sometimes we need a preacher for ourselves, man, that God would just speak to us, that God would break us, that God would, would, would show us what, what's wrong with us. So we need those moments of study life, of, of, of prayer life as well. Again, as we consider, as we consider not only in our own study time, but man, if if, if your study time didn't have prayer time, dude, you're you, you're gonna have a hard time. Bro. Well, that's the thing. That's like that's like the biggest step. That it's more than a step. It's like shoots and ladders. It's like the slide. If you mm-hmm. want to end up in emotional energy depletion faster than anything else, you can step on this one thing that will spiral and lead you years down the road faster. And that is skipping your prayer time, mm. right? Every failure in life is a prayer failure. I don't yes. know who said that. I think Charles Stanley, well, God bless him. but <laughs> every failure in life is a prayer failure. And I've been, I've been personally studying in the book of Acts and I just came to Acts chapter 12 yesterday mm. and I'm looking at how, and over and again in the book of Acts, it's not just chapter 12, all the way back into chapter one, prayer plays a pivotal part in every great move of God, but it was great moves of God for individual people more than it was for collectives. Yeah. The Holy Spirit and those tongues of fire didn't fall on a room of people because they were all praying collectively. It fell on each person one at a time because their heart was set aside and sanctified Very personally. Good Very good word. The church prayed for Peter and Peter was rescued him individually, that that person. But it took that collective of people individually saying, I'm going to stretch this prayer muscle to the very end of its ability to stretch. I'm going to agonize like Jesus in the garden. I'm going to pray like never before so that God will do something like that he's never done before. And my question was, why aren't we seeing those types of things, not just in the church, not just in the country? Why are we not seeing those types of things in our own personal life? And I think the answer is we have forgotten the discipline and the power of prayer. That's right. You've heard this before. It almost sounds cliche, but it's so true that your walk with Christ will only go as far as your prayer life takes you. Mm. 
If there's no prayer life, you're not going anywhere. If there's no connection with the Holy Spirit, you're not going anywhere. If there's no connection with your king, you're not going anywhere. If there's no conversation and communion with your God, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. You're going to spiral out of place. But this is why it's so important to recognize those those red flags, those blinking red lights that are causing our gas, spiritual gas, to be depleted and find ourselves in these most vulnerable moments. Anxiety, depression, foggy brain, you name it. And now we're here. What brought us here? Our Lone Ranger mentality. We're not sabbatically, man. We're not, we're not, we're not Sabbathing, right? We're not doing the things that God has called to call us in Scripture to do. This is why it's so important that there's got to be a connection with your king. And it all boils down to this. And we're gonna we're gonna share the journey out of this rut and out of this pit. But these are the factors, these are the steps we took on the journey toward emotional energy depletion. But at the end of Acts chapter 13, after all that has happened and all of the stress and all of the fires and all of the distress and the things that Paul and Barnabas have gone through, they shake the dust off their feet as they leave. (laughs) And it says that they left filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with joy. So let me just ask you bluntly, are you seriously telling me? That if I have a prayer life and I study and I'm vulnerable and I'm Sabbathing and and I'm sabbaticaling and I'm not being a lone ranger, you're telling me that if I do the opposite of those things and I really lean into those principles, that I'm going to have not just spiritual strength and stamina, but I'm going to have emotional energy? You not only have emotional energy, spiritual energy, but you're going to have self-discipline like you never had before in your life. What we, what we just talked about is someone that has no discipline. Hmm. It's a lack of discipline. we got to be men of God, women of God that are back into discipline. Discipline yourselves. As the Lord, as, as Paul says, right? I've buffeted my body. Yep. It's a discipline, man. There's some times you don't want to do this. Our flesh does not want to do this. What did Paul say? The things I want to do, I don't do them. The things I don't want to do, I wind up doing them. Oh, what a wretched sinner and man that I am, right? But again, it's going back to discipline. There's got to be a discipline in your life. I'm just saying this, that if God's word is true, if God's word is true, then if this is what he says for us and giving us a blueprint to follow, go to Deuteronomy chapter 30. What do you say? I place before you life and prosperity, a curse and death. And then then God being so gracious to us, he gave us the answer to the quiz. What do you say? Choose life. Men of God, choose life. And how do you choose it? Go back to your first love. Go back to doing what God's calling you to do. Have that Sabbath. Have those moments of just you and Him and putting things straight. So if you're not happy, it's really because you're not holy. If you're not happy, you're not holy. Yeah, bro. I mean, chasing your own happiness will never lead you to holiness. It'll ultimately lead to depletion. Ask the prodigal son. But if you're chasing holiness... And you're chasing what matters to God. God cares about what matters to you. And he'll fill up the emotional energy tank, just like the spiritual energy tank, when you prioritize, as it happens, the yeah. things he told us to prioritize. Bro, here's what's funny, man, is we know it. We we know it. I think what we've done, because we're so good, we're so good at lying to others. We're even better at lying to ourselves. Yep. We're very good at it. Here's what's funny. We know what the scripture tells us. And I'm sure there's some some that are listening right now, even to this podcast, that are even trying to justify why they do the opposite. Mm-hmm. Men, I gotta love you. There's no justification to this, man. No. You know what to do. 
And if you're in this situation, there's no one else to blame but ourselves. Please do not blame your children. It's my kids and they don't... No, 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 no. Your kids are that way because that's how they were trained to be that way. Yes. Do not blame your spouse. God honored you with a spouse. Just pay attention to the Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit Junior, which is your wife, right? Amen. (laughs) We got ourselves in that situation. We put ourselves there. So it's going back saying, God... Just as just as we have said, as, as Paul says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that Christ risen from the dead, you shall be saved. Okay. In the same way, you got to confess, dude. I'm wrong. I've been doing this thing wrong. So how do you get out of this stuff, right? How do we get, how do we get out of this stuff? Well, number one, bro, ready, Pastor? Ready? It's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt a little bit. Practice what you stink and preach. Uh oh. You got to practice what you preach. Come on, man. I preach behind the pulpit. I, I encourage people as to what to do and what does scripture tell us. And, and man, if you do this and you do it like this, and, and, and you know, according to the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul said this, and, and Pastor Peter in First Peter said this, and, and you know, Barnabas said this, and you name the person. They said this, and we know it because we preach it. Man of God, start preaching to yourself. Practice what you preach. Absolutely. It'll change everything for you. It'll fill your spirit, but it'll fill your emotional energy tank beyond what you even imagined. And people will be asking, why are, why are you so bubbly? Why are you so happy? Why do you have such joy? Where's this enthusiasm coming from? Where's this energy coming from? I've never, your wife, your kids, you're a different man than maybe even the one she married. Like this is this, cause this has been a long road. Um, you practice what you preach and it's going to change everything. But here's the thing. When we preach, sometimes we preach the power of God without the process of God. And and God certainly mm. does do immediate, in-the-moment deliverance from things such as salvation. Yeah. And, and we've seen God do the miraculous. But I've come to find this about emotional energy it takes longer to recharge than it did for you to deplete. Yeah. And the amount of sabbatical and the amount of prayer time and the amount of study time and the amount of all those different types of things that you need to invest is really going to be contingent. Um, The interest rate is going to be based upon how much you have borrowed in the negatives from that account. That's a good point. You know, man, let me say this to you. That, that's, I love that. For those of you that are listening that, that say, well, it's easy for you guys to say because you're doing a podcast. You probably Google search this stuff and you probably put, put things together so you can have a podcast to share. No, no, no. Moment of vulnerability. When I say practice what you preach, I'm not just talking to you. If I have a, you've heard this before, right? It's cliche. If I have a finger pointed at you, I got three more pointed back at me. No, that's as real as it is. Let's be vulnerable at this moment, right? Can we be vulnerable with everybody here today? Let's do it. I have to practice what I preach because I'm in the middle of all this. Yep. I'm right here. This is this podcast is not just for you. This is for the two guys that are speaking right now who have tasted of the one of the greatest fights for the whole year. And I'm at a point now where I have to take a sabbatical. Right? Mm-hmm. I, just, I just had a heart issue. I had to go check my heart yep. and I have to, you know, so, the, so I, I feel it in my own physical body where now like I got to go to the doctor and, and uh, blood pressure medication and, and cholesterol and, yeah. and horrible diet. And I'm trying to do things on my own and trying to make things happen and traveling all over the place to try to speak and then 
doing podcasts and all these other things, trust me, this is more than just a podcast for you. This is us talking our way in the same scenario. So I've got to practice what I preach and put myself in a moment of sabbatical within the, within the next month. Yep. And I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm pumped up because I'm ready because I've, take, I've taken sabbatical before and I know what I will get out of it when I yes. get out of it. I'm glad you said that because just over this last year with the ministry specifically, mm. we have spent so much time pouring into other pastors yes. and other churches through COVID and through crisis, yes. um, investing in their leadership, investing in their families, counseling with preachers, kids to pastors, to pastors, wives, uh, traveling the country, ministering at our local church, all of these different things. And we're fixing to have to practice what we preach. Um, well, we are practicing what yeah. we preach or trying to, uh, because I'm going 2020 when people were like, Oh man, I got to stay home from work and work from home. It didn't look like that for us. Mm. And I know it didn't for any other pastor or evangelist no. or missionary out there. No, it just didn't. You worked double. It did. It yes. doubled. It tripled. It got more stressful. It yes. got more complicated. And there are no manuals for how to do any of these things because everybody was figuring it out together. You didn't get to go, well, let's see what this brother did. You know, when he went through that, we were all thrown in to the fire at the same time. That's right. And so one of the big things that we've been learning and why we do this podcast is really just, these are conversations that we already had and we're like, yeah, everyone should listen in on this conversation um, because it's it's beneficial for us and you get to listen in. And so we're glad to have you here. And if you have a question or you need prayer, you can swipe up on this episode. The links are in the show notes and reach out to us. And and we're here for you. And here's, here's the principle at play right there. That is that if you're going to practice what you preach and you're going to recharge, you're probably going to have to learn how to delegate. Yes, bro. Yes. Delegate. Yes. Yes. I, for those that are micromanagers, delegate's not a bad word. Matter of fact, learn how to release. Um, when Jesus left, he delegated. What did he say? I'm leaving for you the helper who is the Holy Spirit. Okay, guys, delegate. Leave your church with somebody. This is why in my church, I have seven associate pastors. We're such a small congregation. We think, well, why seven, why seven associate pastors? Because when I'm, if I'm gone, take your pick. There's always someone that will be able to take care of the situation. Uh, uh, matter of fact, I would even say this to you guys. Maybe some of you today may not have that that flexibility in saying, Pastor, I'm the only one. Honestly, bro, I want to delegate. I just can't delegate. I want to take a sabbatical. I just can't take a sabbatical because I don't have anyone to fill the pulpit for me. Swipe up. Reach out to us. Yep. And here at the Ministers Initiative, we will find either ourselves or someone for you to take your pulpit while you're away. Yep. But man of God, take time away. Make sure you are going to practice what you preach. Take time away. Talk to your spouse even after this after this podcast. Go talk to her and say, we got to take a sabbatical. And then refresh yourself and bounce back to spiritual health. Bounce back. Refresh, recharge, renew, restore. I would even say this. Redate your wife, man. Hmm. Go and redate. Say, you know, babe, man, this has been a tough year of ministry. You felt the pressure, I felt the pressure, but girl, I'm going to take you out. So go put on them high heels, those red pumps, because I'm taking you out. And you and I, we're just going to go out just you and me. 
um, you need that moment. You need those times where you and your spouse are just going to be you two. So guys, I would just say, man, yeah, take that moment. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dynamic Faith. It's a show all about life, leadership, and the pursuit of holiness. And we're excited to bring you some fresh, consistent, quality content here in the future. So we need your help as well. Would you rate and review the podcast? It helps us so much as we reach more people. And it lets us know that you're listening. So we'll see you soon.